Hello everyone, welcome to the Aussie oh, Ninja Video Show. <laughs> I've got Andrew here, uh, who is the CEO of the Coinos Group. The Coin Coinos being a very excellent blockchain that is coming just around the corner, maybe. Um, how are you, Andrew? I'm good. Excellent. So today I thought we could dive into GFAM, which is the project that I'm building, to see where smart contracts could could be useful. Uh, I know this is something that I've kind of been struggling with. Like I've been talking to you a fair bit and I want to do a lot with this site, but it's really hard to wrap my head, my head around like what smart contracts can and can't do. So I thought I'd share my screen if that's all right. Yeah, that's great. And I'm actually very excited about this because it's really important for us to understand the needs of developers like you I mean, we, we want to create an ecosystem where an application developer, a regular one, any application developer can come in and immediately understand how they can pipe Coinos into their application to just make it better and do that fast and easy. And it's funny, as the developers of this platform, you'd think it would be more obvious how that will be um, and what developers will want to use it for. But it's not. There's no substitute to actually engaging with your customer, right. understanding their needs and how they view the world. Because uh, really what you're doing is you're trying to align your visions of the world. And then there's just a bunch of technical implementations, but you have to be working off of the same mental model. And that's actually surprisingly difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. So let's I, I do this. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the concept that you don't know where Coinos might end up. Like, I love that. Like, who knows where anything's going to end up? Uh, yeah, so can it, you it see... has to be able to change to the and, and your needs are going to change. Yeah, your oh, needs absolutely. will change. Yeah, your users needs will change. And so, yeah, that's why the platform's really built around changing. Right. So can you see the GFAM screen? Yeah, and I'm looking at it over here. If you see me, <laughs> so I'll just I'll just very briefly explain what's going on on the screen. So basically, GFAM is an opportunity for people to tell stories to uh, essentially monetize their content. So what I noticed is on you know things like uh, Instagram and TikTok and all those types of places, people were putting out amazing content. They had hundreds of thousands of uh, followers, but they weren't making any money from that. Uh, in order to make money, people would have to sell courses or, you know, feature products that they didn't care about or set up something else like Patreon or OnlyFans or whatever. So basically GFAM is an opportunity for people to bring their audience and then the people who love their content can leave them tips. So there's two ways to monetize on, um, <laughs> there's two ways to monetize cats. Um, there's two ways to monetize on GFAM. So one is that you can receive tips. And so um, the tips are in XRP at the moment because that's a really quick, really cheap blockchain. And then the other is this web monetization. So you can see on the browser here, this little dollar sign and so what that means is that I am paying $5 to coil.com. And that means I can access a bunch of different websites, a bunch of different content. And um, 
the time that I spend on someone's content, they receive micro payments. So when I click on various creators in GFAM, you know, if I click on this first one, then they get the micro payments. If I click on the next one, then they get the micro payments. And it's all based on the amount of time that you spend. Um, and then I guess the third kind of thing that GFAM offers is this gated content. So you can see here, this person, uh, it's really blurry. And to unlock their content, you have to pay like five XRP. Uh, and so this person has received, you know, a few tips uh, to essentially unlock their content. And so this is kind of designed for uh, people in the fitness industry or like people like uh, that have recipes that they basically don't want to unleash to the public. They kind of want to get paid for their content. So this is really what GFAM is about. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the site. So from a smart contract point of view, it feels like I could do anything, which is also hard. <laughs> when we start from the perspective of the technology and what you can do with the technology, it opens up this world of possibilities, this unlimited world of possibilities that actually makes it really hard to, to execute. Right. Um, like my wife and I love cooking shows and uh, you know, they always do their best work when they're like, you have to cook us a great meal and you have to use like yuzu and you know, cow balls and <laughs> you know, like tortilla chips. And, and like then because they have these limitations, yeah. uh, they like put out this dish where you're like, I want that. That's amazing. You know? Yeah. And my, um, my, my partner is a musician. And so she's found like actually constraining, like she's got these yeah. cards that basically say create a song that is about autumn and the forest and fog. And it's like, all right, so that those three things, I can easily make a song where it's like, if I can just make a song about anything, like, I don't know where to start. Um, so from a, from a concept point of view, like if I wanted to create a GFAM token, is that something that Coinos could help with? Is that something I could do via smart contracts? Yeah, I mean, so things that you can that you'll be able to leverage Coinos for are technically things like creating a native currency, your own XRP, right. uh, and you can keep XRP within your application. You can add other cryptocurrencies within your application, but hey, you can create your own native currency within this application, and then you can write a smart contract that distributes that currency based on whatever logic you want. The logic can even be something like, you tell me, Adam, <laughs> who, who to distribute it to. It can yeah. be super simple. It can be as simple as input the addresses and the amount of tokens you want sent. And you, Adam, have total administrative authority over the smart contract. And so you can, you can have, so let's say, centralized control over the distribution or you can write the smart contract in such a way as to enable some kind of decentralized distribution. You know, the, the other major use case is obviously non-fungible tokens, unique uh, goods. Yeah. And within an application like this, you might look at things like badges or- I, That was literally what I was just about yeah. to say. Like we've got, we've actually drawn up the badges. We know what we want to distribute. Um, and we're just trying to figure out how we want to best implement that. So yeah, so we've got you know badges for things like posting ten times or 
posting a hundred comments or receiving 10 tips or, you know, that sort of stuff. So those could be NFTs, I guess, using Coinos. Yeah, absolutely. And Coinos is, you know, we, we think we haven't been able to validate this yet, but based on the technical implementations, uh, the design of the, uh, of the stack, we expect NFTs on Coinos to be probably an order of magnitude cheaper than on any other platform. Aside from the fact that it'll be fee-less, but fee-less doesn't mean it doesn't cost anything. Right. If you really want to maximize what you can do with your fee-less transaction capacity, you still want the, the network to be low cost and you want the cost of uh, running certain smart contracts all contracts to be as cheap as possible so that you can do more. Um, but the point, but, but the thing, uh, the, the point I want to get to about your application is that the mental model for your application, what's called the mission of your application. I mean, it's kind of wrong. <laughs> um, it's come here to make money. Um, like whether you feel that way or not, whether you want it to be that way, that's the mental model that's governing the design decisions and the technical implementations behind it. And that's the root of the problem because that's going to cause you to make all kinds of decisions, including in how you integrate blockchain that are ultimately not going to make you happy with the end product. Yes, you could still implement fungible tokens and you could still implement non-fungible tokens, but the next thing you're, you know, you're making all these decisions that are based around maximizing the price of those fungible tokens, the price of those NFTs, as yeah. opposed to the value that those tokens are adding to your user experience, to the application and the app, like the ecosystem that you're trying to build. And so let me just real quick say what I think the mission really is, like what you want it to be is, I believe that for applications of this type, what you want to be building is an application where the users who are adding value to the platform are getting a stake in the platform and how you define stake and how you track stake and how you quantify stake is kind of a separate question like that's where you but first that's where you go down the rabbit hole but first yeah you, ha you have to understand like what do i mean by stake is you know what does that mean for the user? Is that something that they want? Are those the users that I want? Because the problem is that when you lead with a certain model or mission, then you attract a different type of customer or user. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so like right now, you know, I'm, I, I, I guarantee you most of the people who are using your app are doing it because they want to make money and maybe 20% of them or 40% or 60% really are doing it because they just believe in the vision and the growth like, and they, they just want to be a part of it. Yeah, that's but like 10%. Yeah, exactly. And that's the 10% you want, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, wouldn't you rather the 10% be, be 100%, right? 
And so you have to start imposing that discipline and being like, no, no, the, the things that make this about earning money are the wrong thing and the things we need to design away. And so, and it's like, it's such a subtle distinction, which is why I was comfortable being like, it's wrong. <laughs> you know, it's close. And if I didn't have all of my experience, it, yeah. it, 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 I, I went through this. Yeah, I yeah, had yeah. to learn this, this lesson yeah. too. Yeah. And so, and so the, and there's a lot of challenges around the stake-based model too, because then you start thinking, ah, but it sounds like a security and it's not re you know, and, and the, the, there are legitimate hurdles. Um, but I mean, I define stake as um, interest in uh, a the common enterprise. Yep. What's that? Interest in the success of the ecosystem? Uh, I mean, even simpler. I mean, I define stake as interest in something that isn't shares. Right. It's not shares. That's the <laughs> whole point is we're trying to design a system where you can accumulate um, stake in the system and it's not shares in a centralized company. And now we start getting into how we can utilize smart contracts to progress our mission. Because when you're talking about distributing things in a system that isn't centrally controlled, now you're talking about things that benefit from decentralized consensus. Uh, and that's where blockchains shine. And so maybe you want um, a fungible token that is distributed by your users and uh, and you have like a delegated proof of stake consensus algorithm. Uh, so you have one smart contract coding for the governance that would be like a delegated proof of stake thing where all of your users vote for 20 other users and those users kind of vote and distribute their token. And so now you've got this fungible token, this kind of in-game currency um, that is rewarding your users and motivating your users to continue using the platform and spread the word about your platform. Fungible tokens, I believe, are really great at crowdsourcing marketing. Um, you're, they're a way of giving users a stake uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that requires like very little administrative overhead that you can decentralize um, and that, uh, that is sustainable because, um, you know, it's not funding your development, right. it's about bringing in more people. And so, you know, this is something that users can evaluate pretty well, but, but here's the thing. Say that token doesn't stops working so great. And you're like, this isn't furthering my mission. Like it's, it, it's losing its, but it's, the thing is that it's really easy given enough time any game will be gamed. Right. And, yeah, and, absolutely. And, yeah. You know, people are very, very good at figuring out how to game a system. Yeah. Yeah. Ex exactly. And you really have to embrace that when you're building systems like this, instead of pretending that, you know, you're just, you know, like, don't, 
plan to just solve the gaming. Plan on integrating the gaming yeah. into your application. Yeah. So maybe you plan to launch more tokens. Uh, I mean, so so first of all, one of the benefits of Coinos is that all of the smart contracts will be in-band upgradable. So, so getting down to how you can utilize smart contracts and specifically smart contracts on Coinos within your application, not all blockchains have in-band upgradable smart contracts. And what that means is that you're stuck with the, with the smart contract that you launched. Right. So, so one way to plan for people gaming your smart contract is to build it on a platform that has in-band upgradable smart contracts, because then you can just upgrade it. Yeah. Um, especially if you give yourself total authority over that smart contract. Now, that might not be um, in line with your mission, um, so you can decentralize it. So you can leverage um, a governance algorithm um, but, you know, honestly, I think federated governance is probably underrated. Like, just pick your 10 favorite people and yeah. be like, you know, and then you just pick, but um, it's going to depend on your use case. Um, but, but maybe also you just plan to release more currencies or version two, you know, yeah. like, don't don't act like you're trying to replace the US dollar, act like you're trying to figure out how to reward the people who stick around the most, who contribute the most and do the most to, to promote the platform. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, badges can certainly be useful there. But the thing, the, the problem that I'm seeing in the space is that people are putting the technology first and the use case second, and we need to flip it. Yeah. Um, like Laura Shin is, uh, I think that's her name. Yeah. She's a, she's a crypto journalist for Forbes. And she's like, you know, she asked some question like, you know, are NFTs the use case um, that are on, that are going to onboard everyone. And my response to that was something like, yes, but only if they don't know that right. they're NFTs. Right. You know, yeah. like there's some other application. And, and, and so here's what I think key is to understanding how you can leverage smart contracts in your applications. And let's just be clear. There are three primary use cases for general purpose blockchains. It's fungible tokens, non-fungible tokens, and smart contracts. And smart contracts are just like, you are, are almost always gonna be supplementary code to the fungible and non-fungible tokens. So you're like creating these two types of tokens and you're distributing them in some <laughs> way. And, and the smart contracts are really about distribution. Yeah. Right. Uh, right? These, these are ledgers. Yep. Ledgers are databases that store token transfers. And I just want to make that clear because I feel like a lot of people, you know, they learn about this technology and they're like, oh, great. It's a MySQL database that never goes down. Um, and I don't need to run, you know? And no, it's, it's not. Yeah. Um, but so, so the most important thing that I think will catch up the, the largest number of developers who are, who are new to the space or even old to the space is that what you're doing, you have to think of your implementations in a two-sided manner, meaning 
what is the user getting out of this? And what am I getting out of this? And only once you have those two sides and they have to be in balance. Yeah. Um, do you have a, a solution that actually creates any kind of value? And when it comes to fungible and non-fungible tokens, I believe that, that, that the value for you is the data that it gives you on your users. So for example, what you want to know is who are your best users? Who are your most committed users? Who are your users who play by your rules? Yeah. Who, who are in line with your mission? Who help you accomplish your goals? And then you give them stuff like badges and fungible tokens because, you know, like fungible tokens are really good to see like um, a uniform score for the total lifetime value that a user is contributing to an application. So you see 5,420 and you're like, that's more than 200. That person has 200. That person has 5,000. It's all the same thing. Yeah. That's just a lot more. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Non-fungible tokens are good for when you want to see like, oh, this person did a specific thing. Uh, they, they did these competitions. They, uh, you know, they perform these specific actions and it's not so, and, and, and they're not apples to apples type. It's not an apples to apples thing. Yeah. It's a type of thing where there's no real comparison. Um, so, so we create these discrete things and the way that you track that information within your database is the through the creation and the distribution of these fungible and non-fungible tokens. And now you can actually query this stuff. You can say, I want to know. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna distribute badges to everybody who bought our fungible token on the first day that it was released. That's a, I can program that now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can I, I can program the distribution of a fungible token bait. I can do both. I can do both, right? I can program the distribution of non-fungible tokens based on the distribution of fungible tokens. And I can I, I, I can program the distribution of fungible tokens based on who has non-fungible tokens. So I can say, hey, you know, over the last month, you've earned all these badges. I've done this. We've created this algorithm and we're going to distribute fungible tokens to you based on the badges you've earned. And so now you can create an ecosystem where the tokens uh, of both types are being distributed in such a way that they simulate or are a kind of stake in the platform right. where the people who have this stuff get more from the platform yeah. because they've given more. And that's really what stake is about to me is where you're you're using incentives to align people. Um, and 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 really we need to get back to thinking about blockchains as incentive technology. It's not magic. You can distribute incentives in good ways, in bad ways, and the better the platform is designed to enable developers to distribute incentives in a good way, uh, the better it will, the more value it will create. And the better designed it is 
itself to distribute incentives, um, the, the more value will be created. And so last thing I'll say is that um, one thing I think developers should do um, moving forward, especially in the case of Coinos, is actually look at the smart contracts. And this is something you can only really say on Coinos, but I think this is like the potential power of this is difficult to overstate. Because the system itself will be running on smart contracts, developers should be looking at, that, at those smart contracts and learning from those smart contracts about how to develop their own applications. So as you will see when we release, uh, as we make progress on Coinos, we intend to use, so some of the first smart contracts we're gonna write are the fungible and non-fungible token contracts. Yeah. It's not an accident <laughs> because they're incredibly important. Yeah. Uh, and they're gonna be incredibly important for uh, us to incentivize node operators who are infrastructure providers and long-term stakeholders who are capital contributors uh, and then and developers as well who are kind of like labor you know they actually build the stuff build yeah. the applications and use the applications um, and look at how we solve all of those problems and use those lessons to inform your implementations i think every application will basically be um, kind of riffing on these themes. They'll be using very similar implementations within their own, own applications because these are universals. With every system, you have engineering, technical, infrastructure stuff, the foundational stuff. You have people who want to invest in the long term. They're just like, this is great. It's going to be huge one day. I want to put some money in there and I want to forget about it. Yeah. And then you're going to have the people who are actually using it on a day-to-day -day basis um, and adding value to it. But you're also going to have people who are just attacking it and who are just trying to exploit the loopholes. And so these are the exact same problems we're dealing with at a platform level. Um, but we're forced to generalize our solutions as much as possible. So you as the developer, what you need to be doing is saying, okay, these are the generalized solutions. These are the solutions that are intended to enable the largest number of developers as possible to, to build their specific applications. How do I take, how do, how do I build my specific application? How do I take these generalized solutions, these what we call primitives, and make them advanced, you know, make them yeah. specific. Yeah, no, that's, so that's actually given me a lot of ideas on what, you know, GFAM 2.0 was gonna be. Um, so yeah, I now have to go and write a ton of notes because of all the ideas and implementations that I, I want to uh, incorporate with Coinos. So thank you, Andrew, yeah. this has been very super helpful. Um, it's always good. It's always good to have people to tell you that you're wrong because no one does that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I can't wait for you to be like, for, for you to tell us what we're wrong. wrong. <laughs> like our developers have no fucking clue what you're talking about. <laughs> and, and one last thing I just want to make clear is that, you know, despite the fact that I was talking about Coinos and it was definitely specific to Coinos, um, you know, the same logic does effectively apply to every general purpose blockchain. And, yeah. you know, we're designing Coinos to be the optimal solution 
to those problems based on that kind of mental model that I just outlined to you, but maybe our mental model is wrong. Um, you know, uh, but at the end of the day, it's a smart contracts platform. There'll be the same smart contracts as, as on any other platform. Um, but I think what we're really going to see is that what's, what's really going to differentiate, um, I mean, a big thing that's going to differentiate Coinos is that the design of the system makes it a lot easier for, for developers to build the right mental models. All of the system logic on Coinos will be implemented as smart contract modules. But here's the funny thing. There's no architectural component of the modularity. Right. It's just Wasm smart contracts. Yeah, yeah. The thing, you know, but the thing is, based on how we designed the system with, with the MANA system, um, with, I guess, the microservice architecture, um, everything, every little thing, um, it just becomes obvious, oh, smart contracts should be written as little modules that talk to one another. You have your XYK market maker here, you have your token contract, you have your governance contract, and, you, and it just makes sense to package things in a modular way, especially because you have the in-band upgrade ability. So once you have the ability to upgrade, oh, you want to package each feature yeah. in its own little module so that when it breaks, when it needs to be improved, you just upgrade it. When you don't have that in-band upgrade ability, you go, oh, I'm going to build it all as one thing um, so that it can run efficiently. Uh, and it, I can upgrade it, so I better build it. I better spend ten times longer building it and make it perfect, right? So it, it, it's really wild. Like a huge part of what I think we're doing is you build this system so that the developer can come in and go, "I get it. Like I get it. I can yeah. move right away. I don't have to learn about it. No, I just use it the right way, and my app is good." <laughs> and I only need three things and I can just take yeah, those. Yeah, things. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, personally, obviously I'm hugely biased here, but I do think that even if you were to go and use a different blockchain in the future, thinking in terms of how Coinos is designed, it will not set you back hardly any time at all, because you'll just go to that platform, You'll write your smart contracts on that platform. They really won't be that different. But actually, the design of your app, in, again, in my opinion, will be much better. Right. It's funny, uh, even though you're, you chose not to build on Coinos. Yeah, yeah. Which is great, because like, yeah. you know, because that's what we want. We we want to be forced to deliver a great application because you can leave whenever you want. You can take yeah. your money and go whenever yeah. you want. Yeah. No, no, no love lost. No money lost. <laughs> Yeah, and that should hopefully make sure that you always want to be the best or at least one step ahead of your competition just to keep those people. Yeah, I, th yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the thing that we're betting everything on is that we'll be the best platform for developers, the platform that developers will love using the most. Yeah. Does that mean we'll always have the fastest block times? No. Does it always mean we'll have you know, the fanciest, shiniest consensus <laughs> algorithm. No, yeah. we might, you yeah. know, we want to be doing all this stuff. There, there's these paradoxes to all of this stuff where it's like the easier you make it for people to leave, 
the more likely they are to stay and to yeah. keep their capital within the system. You know, um, the more focused you are on developing value to de to developers, and the less focused you are on these specific implementations, sharding, proof of stake. When you care less about oh, proof of stake, it has to be proof of stake. It has to be great and proof of stake, and instead you're obsessed. What's going to lead to the best developer experience? Well, you turn around and you do have the best consensus algorithm and you do have the, the best resource management system because it's what developers wanted and it's, right. and it's creating the best user experiences, you know? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a big deal. Um, no, that, that obviously sounds very exciting for me as a developer. Sorry. Well, and it goes back to the limitations thing, right? It's like you limit yourself. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Developers, developers, <laughs> that's it. That's all I care about. And then you and, and then you build something fast, efficient, like the microservices architecture, you know? Yeah. It's not what you would build if you were saying like, how do I maximize scalability? But it does help with scalability. It, but yeah. it's about, but, but you get there through the developers. That's and funny I how guess that works. Brilliant and upsetting for you is that say on GFAM, no one's going to know that they're using Coinos in the back end because they'll be getting yes. the GFAM token, they'll be getting this and that. But Coinos will never get the praise that it probably deserves. <laughs> I, I certainly it is a goal of ours to to enable users to to, to use Coinos and never never know about it. Yeah. I think what we'll see, and of course this will be up to the developers, is that what you'll get out of mentioning the Coinos brand is that you'll 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 get an added level of trust of legitimacy yeah. um, from using this technology, just like now you say, you know, it's XRP and people go, oh, it's Ripple, I've heard of them. Yeah. You yeah. know, so so we want it to be like, you're saying Coinos like the internet, you know, like it's, it's Coinos powered, it's like the internet, you know, um, as opposed to, you know, oh, it's Coinos. So, hey, all of you Coinos whales come over here and, and, and right. blow this up. It'll be the, the brand. Uh, that that you're mentioning because you're getting value from the brand, uh, and if you don't, and if you're just getting value from the technology, then we're perfectly happy with that too. Right, right. And, and I know for me personally, it's either Coinos or Tron. I mean, you're both so close in reputation; it's really hard to <laughs> just neck, neck and neck. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much, Andrew. This is, uh, I really do have a lot to write down now. Like there's a, there's a lot <laughs> that I need to get my head around, which is exactly what these uh, chats are all about. So thank you very much and uh, have my a great pleasure. <laughs> yeah, you too. I hope, I hope it was helpful. And if when you're writing that stuff around, writing that stuff down, you know, like, now, nah, you know, this doesn't quite work for me. This doesn't quite make sense. Reach back out to me. Let's talk about it some more. The beauty of creating a platform is that you don't have to create applications. Yeah, yeah. You, but you do have to make it super easy and great for people like you to build those applications. And so, yeah, we want to know what we can do to make it better. And anybody else who's watching this, if you're a developer, if you're a software engineer, we can use a ton of help at every layer of the stack. So don't hesitate to reach out to me. Learn more about the learn more about the platform. Um, yeah, there, there's plenty of places uh, for for developers and engineers to to chip in and to uh, help get this thing built. 
I have every intention of being as annoying as possible. Perfect. <laughs> Great. All right. Thank you very much, Andrew. My pleasure.